Welcome to Folk Rock Diva Talk, your intersectional destination for all things music, dignity politics, personal growth and development, queer life, fat activism, and general existentials. My name is Lily Lewis, the Folk Rock Diva, and I am here to tell you all about the view from my corner of the universe. You know, I'm here to tell you the truth, y'all. There's a lot I don't want to fight about these days, and I am so thankful we did not have to fight over the George Floyd murder verdict that came out on Tuesday. I've had so many folks reach out to me with what I think they would describe as relief, um, but then that feeling kind of quickly subsided into like a kind of devastating sobriety. And I think that sobriety has something to do with the fact that it's taken this long to see a guilty verdict. Um, but for me personally, that profound sobriety comes from the fact that we might actually be trying to use the word justice to apply to what we just experienced collectively around the George Floyd murder. There will be no justice for George Floyd. I hope we all understand that. I hope we all understand that when you take the life of an innocent or when you take the life of a person unnecessarily, there is no justice to be had. Um, And the fact that we were all holding our breath over this verdict, that we all felt that it could very well have gone the other way. That's not a just world in my view. Now, I'll be honest, I am thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful because I was feeling as though my country in particular, the United States, um, has been rudderless, that we have been indulging in a culture completely devoid of accountability. And and I have been terrified. And I know that this moment does not correct our course, but I'm hoping that it can at least serve as an anchor um, while we recalibrate our expectations of civil society. Um, I'm well aware that there's not much I could say about this case that hasn't already been said, but I will say it's left me mulling over two words that seem to have been at odds recently. Um, And those are um, accountability and agency. We seem to think that we can't be free if we're not free from accountability. And it's occurred to me that actually being held accountable for our actions has embedded in it fundamentally a great deal of compassion. Anything that mitigates our ability to do harm has in it, embedded in it fundamentally, again, a great deal of compassion. But 
maybe that doesn't make much sense without us exploring those two words just a little bit more. So how about we start with the fun one? How about we start with agency, you know, that whole sense of freedom. And that, and this week, um, actually, uh, through the hotline, we did get a question about agency. A um, uh, listener says, it took me until I was 30 to learn to drive. And all of a sudden, I felt more independent and self-sufficient. I felt less dependent on my friends, and I had the thought, oh, I didn't need therapy. I needed a car. Now, that's a huge oversimplification, but it had a grain of truth in it. Lots of times, we are instructed in how to be in a hard situation, and the therapist addresses everything but the power imbalance that's causing you to act in that way in the first place. So the listener asks, I'm curious if you've ever had a similar epiphany or some other epiphany about power. Um, and what I find fascinating about this is in, in, in a lot of ways, um, I had the opposite experience. Um, I, in fact, grew up with an incredible amount of independence. I, you know, I left home for boarding school when I was 13. Um, I, I moved out of my family's house when I was 16 so that I could um, really focus on piano. I mean, I literally would sleep under the pianos in the practice rooms in my, in, during undergrad. Um, and I got a car fairly early, I think. I mean, not that early. I mean, I guess I was 19 by the time I actually had my own car. Um, but I was living alone, um, you know, paying all my bills, really self-sufficient very early on. Um, and so I felt like I had a lot of um, quote-unquote agency um, because I was really running my own life from a pretty very early age. And yet, uh, and even before that, when I was really young, in fact, my mother worked so much um, that I was almost always at home alone, either alone or with my brother. Um, and it was it was really tough. You always felt like nobody was really coming to save you if anything went wrong. Um, so... I never had that feeling of like, oh, what I need is more agency in order to correct this power dynamic, because I actually was under the impression that I had an awful lot of power and that I was in control of my destiny, you know, and um, and that was my responsibility to, you know, pull my up, myself up from my bootstraps and make something of myself and all of this, you know, that was my internal landscape. And then I, around the time I was 30, realized, oh, I didn't need that car. I needed therapy. <laughs> I needed um, I needed a mirror. I needed someone to look back at me and give me context for my experience. And I didn't really find a great partner in that until I was, you know, several years older than that, in fact. Um, but uh, but that sense of agency is a little bit of a double-edged sword. When I did find a good partner um, to offer me that context for my experience, um, I learned that I actually had a great deal of trauma work to do. I learned that um, I first got a diagnosis of PTSD and thought, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, and then I got you know, a really good therapist and started digging in and realized there was an, an awful lot there um, that was usurping my sense of agency without me realizing it, that I was actually, in fact, in habitual patterns. Um, and a lot of the tools that I had perceived of as being 
um, protective of my agency, my freedom, you know, my ability to move from Georgia to Boston to Colorado and, you know, all over and back again, um, you know, were actually me exercising habitual patterns, um, kind of running from... um, running from things that I didn't know how to face, didn't have the tools and the skill sets to face um, and to work with and to grow through. Um, And I was causing harm all along the way. Um, And it's hard for me to admit that. Um, And yet I'm here to uh, present, hopefully, an honest space. Um, So, in fact, you know, that sense of agency that was absolutely essential in me healing myself and continues to be essential in me healing myself also was the same tool I used to run, to hide, and to cause harm. So that kind of leads leads me to that other word, that second word, accountability. I don't know why we're having so much trouble with this concept of having to be held responsible for the consequences of our actions. You know, we might say we live in a free society where we can do whatever we want, say whatever we want, but there is such a thing as consequences. Um, And if we are unwilling to reconcile um, these consequences, then, um, then really what's the point of our agency? If we're unwilling to be held accountable, then what is the point of agency? I personally think that the compassion I find in accountability, being held accountable for my actions when I cause harm, is that it teaches me how to do better. It teaches me that I want to do better, um, and it gives me a path forward. Like, for example... Um, in my relationship, I, I find that, you know, a lot of us have, um, a habit of being a little bit lazy with our partners, especially if they feel kind of safe and welcoming for us. Um, and I know that I have certainly felt that way myself. And so sometimes with my wife, I would use sort of teasing language. This is a really benign example, but you know, make fun of this, make a little jab here, make a little jab there. It's supposed to be funny and cute. It's supposed to be flirty. Um, But as I grew up, as I did a lot of trauma work and became more available to watching her experience on the other side of that, she wasn't actually having fun. And I remember one day, uh, the day this epiphany, I was asked about epiphanies of power. Um, I remember one day... um, you know, when it landed, hey, I'm digging in when she's made it clear she's not having fun. She's given me all kinds of signals, even though she didn't say the word, the words back off, you know, but I could see her affect shift. I saw her gaze lower. I saw her skin turn from bright to gray. And, um, and then she retreated and went to her room and I didn't let up. And I was standing at the kitchen counter and I was running water to wash a dish, and I had a bright light epiphany come on. It's like, holy moly, I'm being a bully. I had no idea. Um, there, why would I want to dig in? I love her beyond reason. Uh, you know, 
Not that she's not worthy of all of it. Um, but in no way did I want to cause her suffering. And why on earth would I think it was flirty to make fun of her? Um, especially when she'd given all the signals to let me know that this was not fun. Um, so I was given an opportunity to be accountable to my actions. Um, had it been me, I may have just shut down and not let her apologize um, and just waited for things to dissipate. But luckily it wasn't me. It was her. And she has this infinitely compassionate heart. And she let me apologize. She let me say, hey, I was being a dick. I'm so sorry. I never want to make you feel that way. I really want to learn to do better. And from that point on, I did my best to try to do better. And every time I saw that her feelings were hurt, not just on the other side of something I had said or done, but on the other side of something anyone had done, I learned more. And I'm learning more and more about it every day to slow down and pay attention, to drop in, to be a mirror, to offer some gentleness, to offer some kindness, um, and try to try to grow up and try to do better. Um, so I think agency without accountability doesn't work in my life. Um, and I'll let you decide how it works in your world. But I'd love to hear from you if you have some thoughts about it. In the meantime, I'm going to take us out with the song that I started us with. This is a tune called Wrecking Ball. And it's me telling you about all the things I don't intend to fight about anymore. Um, yeah, justice should feel peaceful, y'all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Now, I did write a song about it. Like to hear it? Here it go. Right from the sky. No, 
shelter, no Where the ground is soft and the trees grow high See, I don't wanna fight for knowledge Wisdom seeds have long been sown I'm not afraid to walk this journey Yeah, see, I come into this world all alone But I want peace for my brother Peace for his mind Peace for my sister Peace for humankind But we're going everything with a wrecking ball 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 Let's all go down to the wall Down, tear it on down Support Folk Rock Diva Talk by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash folkrockdiva. And remember, if you're not sure how to be, practice radical decency.